Revolting is a production of the Cycling Independent, with support from our generous subscribers and from Shimano North America. This is Revolting, with Stephen and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 101, The Gatekeepers at the Mouth of Hell. Content warning. If you take yourself and other people very seriously, this isn't the podcast for you. Also, if there's a swear jar in your house, also if you like the Foo Fighters, that's about it. If you answered no to any of the questions above, you're clear to keep listening. Uh, every, everyone else can do one. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Here we are. Uh, this is the 101st episode of Revolting. I'm Stevel, S. Robot. We, I want to jump right into last week's episode and say, uh, or mention that uh, I listened to it yesterday, yesterday or two days ago. I listened to it recently and I said all of the wrong words in the right places. I was so keyed up that I wasn't in control. My brain was moving. My mouth was moving a little faster than my brain was. And I did say uh, Capsian instead of Caspian. I caught myself doing that twice because I was also thinking of Capsaicin peppers. But the band is Caspian. They're from Massachusetts. Very good. Uh, I think I called the podcast, uh, I called it instead of a show, I called it an episode or something like that. Yeah, right at the end. I don't know. I was like all over the place. So I detected I detected your errors, <clears throat> but I was like, he's he's on a tear. Just <laughs> don't even. Yeah, I can't. I'm just, I you know, it's like it's like it's like all these little. When I was a little kid, I thought the digestive system. I imagined it being a wooden box in your stomach, and there were little elves that pushed poo out of a hole. There was like a grate above, and that kind of filtered all the stuff, and then there's a hole. Because, you know, when you're a little bitty guy, um, uh, you don't understand digestion or, you know, biology. You don't understand any of that. So you just invent stuff. I thought the butt was all made of fat. It was like a big pillow, and I jumped off the side of the bathtub onto the toilet seat on my ass, quickly learning that there's other things working in your system. Uh, besides just a big cushiony pillow. And uh, I think sometimes, like, there are... Um, there are little people inside of my body, and they're all working different cranks and dials and wheels. And sometimes some of those little people just bail. <laughs> yeah. Some of them have quiet quit. <laughs> some of them are... Some of them are like, fuck this guy. Last week, the ones that didn't bail snorted a bunch of coke. <laughs> <laughs> They're down there like, oh, my God, is he drinking another beer? God, you know, it's just I envision it's raining cheap yellow beer on them. <laughs> They're like, we're just trying to push these poops out of this hole. And he oh, keeps was... raining cheap yellow beer on us. It was, uh, yeah, it was really, I was really screwing stuff up so this week i'm going to dial it back and i'm going to uh really um i'm going to try to be a little bit more methodical it irks me to catch all of the errors though and oh it doesn't bother me one bit one bit i make all kinds of mistakes and i'm like ha ha Listen to that idiot who is me. Doesn't bother me at all. It's like a Scooby, like un, uh, unmasking the Scooby-Doo villain. You're like, who is the villain this week? Can you pull the mask off? Oh, it's me again. It's me again. It's us. Uh, how's, what? Good. How's your week? Um, it's not bad. It has turned colder again now, colder and darker, and I tend to like that. Uh, I have this hot story for you. Steve loves my stories. Usually when I finish them, he thanks me for finishing. <laughs> I went to the grocery store. It was pouring rain. 
uh, everyone was just abandoning their carts everywhere. And you know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. So I grabbed a cart uh, out in the parking lot and I started to walk across the parking lot and it had the most jittery, you know, you get the one with the floppy front wheel. That lazy wheel. Yeah. 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 So this one was like, uh, I was kind of like, I'm going to tough it out because I'm tough, but it was jittering so hard that I was like, I think it might trigger some of the pains in my arm. (laughs) So I got it inside the store and I was like, well, I brought it in anyway, but I'm going to trade it out for a better cart. So I swapped it and I started to push the new cart out into the store and it also had the jittery wheel. (laughs) Oh boy. And I thought to myself, I thought to myself, this is life right here. This is life right here. You, you're like, I'm going to try to do a good thing. Oh, I'm going to suffer some consequences for trying to do that good thing. Oh, but actually, no, it's going to be okay. Nope, you're still going to suffer the consequences. That's how yeah. life is, I think. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, what you're doing, you, you might be suffering the right or suffering the consequences, but you're doing the ultimately you're doing the right thing, right? I mean, in, a, in an instance like that, um, I will take, I'll take doing the right thing. The, 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 the reward of doing the right thing rather. And the, oh, just like dealing with, um, the consequences. Oh yeah. 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 I, <clears throat> I had a good little chuckle to myself when I got the second jittery wheel cart. I had a good little chuckle. And then I just kind of enjoyed it. I was sort of uh, amused by my cart. I would walk by and it would be going (laughs) and like people would turn and look and I would be like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) You said, ha ha, you got me universe. That's right. You good one. Grocery purveyors. You wily entity being, uh, why, uh, everything you wily everything yeah you got me again haha ha. <laughs> uh boy well no not that you asked but uh boy am i tired <laughs> i didn't have to ask because i can see your face oh it was uh so i went to san diego uh to see <laughs> greatest band in the world yeah so i mentioned to my wife and I don't want to like step on your story, so I'm going to uh, get back out please, of the way in the second year. But please. you, so you, um, I suddenly saw pictures of you with legends of the um, rollerboarding world, and I was like, I, I said to, to my wife, I was like, I think Steve was in San Diego hanging out with Lance Mountain. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and she said, Did he not ask you permission to leave? <laughs> uh, I maybe I didn't. I got to be better about that. I don't check in with anybody anymore, so I don't, like, I forget who, who I've told and who I've not told. But maybe I didn't ask. And I you apologize. Did. Yep. Uh, yeah, Rocket from the Crypt, greatest band in the world. They played their annual Halloween show. And just between you and me and whoever's listening, I, seeing them this year, they were having so much fun. They always, they do a Halloween show every year. Um, and they have, I don't know, like they have forever. Uh, but they, after they, you know, broke up, they did a Halloween show. I didn't go to that one. My friend Jamie, he went and regaled me with stories, uh, which made me regret not having gone. But, uh, yeah, so last year I went, a year before that, maybe I also went, I don't know, I've gone every year for the, the last bunch. Uh, so last year they seemed kind of bummed. Like I just got this sort of feeling that, um, that they just kind of weren't feeling it. And this year, and I don't know why, but I got a feeling that like there might be a record in the works. (gasps) Yeah. So since Rick has passed away, so hot snakes are kind of, you know, probably no more explosives or whatever. Uh, Sultans haven't done anything. Uh, night marchers haven't done anything like I just got a feeling I just got a feeling I don't know well John Reese has to make records he has to make records so it's a question of who he's going to make records with ah I would love a new rocket from the crypt record I would really really love a new plosives record Mm -hmm. yeah yes on both both of those counts now Adam Willard's playing with alkaline trio because you know like you what are you going to do you gotta like you gotta work and you can't 
wait until the guy who writes all the music writes a record for you to play, you know, whatever. So that was a feeling I got. Uh, but it was a super fun weekend. Uh, one day, let's see. Oh, God, what was it? I guess it was Saturday. Um, Mickey works for a company that does... Uh, Mickey Vukovich. Vic, Mickey Vukovich works for a company that does, they build skate parks. But they they build adaptive skate parks. They build skate parks that are inclusive to uh, blind people and wheelchair people, wheelchair athletes, and the whole shebang. So we talked a lot about that, but he also, that, that company also is maybe kind of jockeying for a bid to resurface the Encino Velodrome, which is a, a pretty historically significant velodrome down there in Southern California. So we drove to Encino and, you know, I'm still a little bit in my mind, excuse me, uh, everything in Southern California is all in the same place. <laughs> like, you fly to L.A., it's like, you know, because I grew up looking at BMX magazines and stuff, I don't know the difference between um, Altadena and Pasadena and San Diego and Del Mar and fucking Golden whatever. Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Casa Bonita, and it's all fucking huge expanse. Um, Rancho Chimichanga. Rancho Chimichanga. Uh, so he said, you want to go to Encino? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, oh, fuck, that's like two and a half hours away. So we, <laughs> so, <laughs> we drive Good to one, LA. Mickey. <laughs> we drive to LA. We go to the velodrome. That was super cool. Met this cat, Henry, who is this old Kieran racer. Not, I mean, he's not old, but like from the, from Japan, like he, you know, like he's like OG Kieran racer. And, uh, Two other fellows who were principals at at that velodrome talked with them, and Mickey took measurements and stuff. And then, as we're driving back down, I can't remember w the chronology of this, but I said, "Do you know where the Bat Cave is?" And he was like, "Yeah, I think so." So we drive to the fucking Bat Cave, like Bat Batman sixty six, and we'll hike up this little trail, and then we're at the Bat Cave, which is fucking cool, like right below the Hollywood sign, you know, surreal. And then I just feel, you know, like you and I have this regular thing, right? We meet up here on Skype and we have a little date, <laughs> a little video date. <laughs> then you just fly off to San Diego and go to the bat fucking bat cave with Mickey. <laughs> the fucking bat cave with Mickey. Yeah. How's it? How am I supposed to feel about that? Go well, on. Go on. Tell the rest of the story. You should feel happy that. At least one of us gets to do it. I want to go back. So then we go to the barracks because there's a, a girls uh, and a non-binary contest happening. So the barracks is uh, Steve Barra and um, Eric Costin's like skate indoor skate plaza, like huge warehouse. It's in all the fucking videos and it's in everything. And so in there, and it's all of these, it's all these adaptive skate skateboard athletes wheelchairs blind girls are skating i saw a little five-year-old girl she's probably four or five and i was standing up on this this platform and this little girl rides up this bank does a front side boneless misses the landing but just lands on her seat and like lands on the board on her butt and then rides back down the bank and i was like that's it that's the coolest trick i've seen today <laughs> And she looked around like, did anybody see that? And was like <laughs> smiling. And I kind of wanted to, be, I would, you know, if I was more on the ball, I would have asked her to do it again and shot a video of it. It was so sweet and so funny and so pure. Uh, but met a bunch of the athletes through, you know, and fucking Mickey knows everybody. So it's like, you're just like walking around with the, with the mayor. So met a bunch of people there. And then there was the creators and collectors thing. And that was in some other fucking place uh and that was a huge it was kind of a swap meet um uh there and like everybody was there and that was where i saw jason adams uh salvo was there um uh kevin i think i think his or er, er, shit uh the guy from look back library which is this huge resource of media uh chatted with him 
Um, and Lance was there, and he was selling a bunch of his prints and paintings and stuff. And uh, Brian from JFA was there and slapped hands with him. And uh, Lucero was there. And, yeah, it was just fucking cool. It was just cool, you know? Like, they're they're so nice, and I'm I'm acquainted with... Loosely acquainted with a couple of these people, definitely know like gobs, gobs of people in common. So it was kind of like I stuck my head in and I was like, hey, I'm, you know, you don't know me, but I'm buddies with this person. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we'd met somewhere along the way. And I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, all I'm hearing is like. Uh, I went down to, um, to see the best band in the world, and then Mickey took me to Candyland, and then <laughs> he took me for ice cream, and then we went to Disneyland, and I slapped hands with Mickey and Goofy and Pluto, and like, what? What kind of weekend is that? It's a. It was a big one. I felt really like my my tanks felt real full. You know, like I wasn't like kid in a candy store and over the moon, like jittery and stuff like the ins inside me, the little ins little kid inside me was was really happy, you know, but um, it also <clears throat> and I brought this up like it's just testament to like some of the people that I become friends with over the years and some of the people that I've met, it, it, it's just testament to like there was a time where there was a. Uh, mm, there was a time where it was there was a discrepancy in sort of like status or positioning because I'm the viewer I'm the uh, consumer of this thing that this other person is doing but now it's just kind of like the, the scales are kind of balanced a little bit and, and now everybody's just kind of like oh fuck you're still alive sweet I'm still alive you know it's a testament to the fact to the idea that if you stick with something long enough, you just you're just peers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, probably the the nervous fanboy falls out of you. You're like you're just too tired to be like goofy, well, kind and of they are tired of whatever low level notoriety they have, and now you're just people. It's it's kind it's kind of that, but it's also this sort of the the imbalance, the, the power shift or whatever. It just it dissipates because you realize that we're all just people. I think, and like I have gotten, you know, like I I have gotten the opportunity to become friends with people that I always saw in bands or I always saw in magazines or whatever. And then, and then you like the first couple of times that happens, you, you just like, wow, man, that's, I mean, on, honestly, the first time I met Lance, I was a little stymied because he's just so like, he's just legendary and just such a solid guy, you know, like, but, but you're also looking at this person that you've seen in magazines and videos and all this stuff for decades, like I didn't, I never met him before. I, I met him a few years ago, and and I didn't know what to talk to him. I was so I was fucked up. That one fucked me up, honestly. But I don't know. It just kind of like goes away after a while. So anyway, <clears throat> that was really super fun. And then um, and then we headed back down and met up with our friend Brooke and got some food and then went to the show and saw a rocket and that was a gas and then I was pretty I was pretty amped up at the end of the night and Mickey was like ah oh, fuck I gotta go to bed and I still wanted to go do stuff and run around and kind of slough off some of the energy I guess but it was a really it was a fun weekend I got to see my friend Angela and Ali and they both have battled cancer in the last two or three years I guess and they're both in remission and they both look so good and uh, I got I played miniature golf with them yesterday and they kind of have new leases on life so their energy is really infectious it's really intoxicating to be around that and I loved seeing them and I don't know it was a good it was a good reset and then I got back here and it's cold as nuts and all I want to do is stay in bed
Attentive listeners will note that um, so far on this podcast, I told a story about getting a wobbly wheeled <laughs> shopping cart. And Steve told a, just another story that was different than my story. I mean, you know, pretty close, pretty similar, but... The gaze that you just gave where you like kind of looked up wistfully up into the corner of the room was so, was so money. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I did I did go my friend Steph uh who works at Seven Cycles. Steph is a legend. Steph is uh she's a welder. She's probably welded like 15,000 or maybe more Thai uh bicycle frames. God damn. She's all Steph. time. Yeah, Steph is Steph's all time. Steph's and, the best. Yeah, so we're we you know, she said to me, um, oh, I want to go downhill mountain biking. I've never been downhill mountain biking before. And I was like, I said, I was like, all right, I'll go with you because it, I find like in the moment I say yes to everything. It's later that I, that I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> uh, so we drove up to this, uh, bike park, uh, and did got lift served. And that was pretty fun. Steph cackles, cackles in absolute joy. As she's coming down the side of the hill, it's really like you talk about infectious energy. I was also like, I was doing my thing, and I hear her over my her, my shoulder. She's like, whoa, whoa uh, uh, like everything is is commentary all the way down. Uh, it it was very joyful. I like that. Yeah, it was really. It was a good day. It was a good day. You know, I don't think I've ever gone downhill mountain biking uh, uh, properly. Like I have shot. I had. I have taken a lift once. Uh, and that was pretty neat. Um, but I remember Mark, the uh, Mark Reedy, this guy who's kind of in, I don't know, publishing. He was, you know, he's just a, he's a guy. He's just one of those people in, in the bicycle world where he's just everywhere, but nowhere. Yeah. Had a PR firm. <laughs> yeah. Did work for everybody in Sunday. Yeah. Yep. So he did the, he did the mammoth race. Uh, the mammoth downhill, whatever. This is a long, long time ago where he's padded up and full face helmet and the whole thing. And he's like, you have got to try that like someday. And I, and I said, okay. <laughs> and well, I, I never did. I have friends that do it. And I'm always sort of like, I haven't done it since the nineties. Mm -hmm. um, when you could take the lift at Mount snow uh, and you could rent a 26 inch ProFlex uh, <laughs> dual suspension bike, probably weighed 101 pounds. Mm. I haven't done it since then, but it's always in my mind like, oh, yeah, uh, that's just there. It's like Sonic Youth Records. Yeah, I'm sure they're good. I'll just get to them later because they'll always be there. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was really fucking fun. Um the, we, uh, Steph rented a bike and 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 the seat was pegged all the way down. And she's like, "Oh, why is the seat like that?" And I go, "Oh, it's on a dropper. You just press the button and it'll pop up." And the guy goes, "No, it won't. It's pegged. Uh, you're not going to pedal while you're here. You don't need that seat for anything." And I was like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> and then he was kind of right. I think I pedaled, you know, two or three times. And then it's just like uh, the downs on roller coasters. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I, 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 I definitely went, I got there and I was like, there's all the people, all the, all the, um, downhill, uh, bros were there. And I was like, oh, these are not really my people, but this activity, I felt exactly the way I feel about skiing where I show up and I'm like, oh, these aren't really my people, but I do really enjoy this activity that they do. Yeah. So they're kind of your people. You just don't hang out with a bunch of downhillers or free riders or shuttlers or whatever whatever the term is now well i think what's happened and this has happened with roadies for me and with gravelies i don't know is that a term gravelies uh, roadies gravelly with pretty much everyone i feel like there's a certain level of cosplay involved you know mm -hmm. what i mean like you mm -hmm. go to the downhill uh you go to the bike park and everyone's dressed up in their downhilling costume. That's called, I call it paintball gear. Yeah. 
Yeah, they got their paintball gear on, but it could be a, this could be a road ride, too. And everyone's in their like full kit and their shaved right. legs and their tall, perfect socks and everything. And I'm not I'm just not going to look right anywhere I go. Pretty much. Right. <clears throat> or skiing. You know, I look like the dog's breakfast when I show up to ski. I just I, I kind of feel like I like I love all the activities and probably I would like most of the people. Probably. I just am not that interested in in the costumes mm, as yeah. I used to be. I think years and years ago I was like, oh, yeah, you need really need the right costume. And now I'm kind of like, I, I don't need the. Having said that, you and I are both wearing the same black sweatshirt right now. <laughs> oh, I see you are also wearing a black sweatshirt. That's right. There, there was something when I uh, when I was a kid and I go skiing. I wanted the I wanted the gear, like I wanted the powder jacket and the whatever the fucking yeah the pants. I don't yeah. even remember what all the shit was called. But then I couldn't afford any of that stuff, so I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going the whole other direction. And I'm wearing like wool army fatigues and flannel shirt. And and there was something about the not giving a shitness of that that I really liked. Like, I don't like joining. I don't like being part of the club <laughs> and anymore. Like, I sure, I you know, like I on road rides, there was years where I w- wore kit, you know, and not because I thought it looked good. I think it looks terrible. But also riding a hundred miles in cutoffs and boxers fucking sucks. So now yeah. I've kind of split the difference and I wear cycling clothing. Well, I wear bibs and then I wear cutoffs on top of the bibs because then I got pockets. And when I find cool seashells and stuff, I put them in my pockets. Yeah, it's not that any of the costume is wrong. It's just that I just take a more um, a less parochial approach now I'm sort of like, oh, what do I feel like wearing today? Actually, yeah. what am I going to feel like wearing today? The function before fashion or function over fashion conversation. And that that's throwback from skateboarding in the way back, way back. Like function over fashion. Absolutely. Wear shit that works instead of shit that is, you know, traditionally or socially looks good. Yeah, that's so I went downhilling in a in a mankini and a cowboy hat. I mean, it's just what was on today it, that that's day. What, that's what felt good. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of this sort of transitions into today's topic. Oh um, yes, but uh, we will get into that in a second. We want to do a shout out. Oh yeah, go a shout out. Normal podcasts would be irritated that people sent questions for the one hundredth show after we recorded it but this is not a normal podcast and we appreciate everyone who participated even if they were too late also shout out to those who have hit the tip jar at the cycling independent especially kurt henry thank you everybody do we have we still have a bunch of questions also i've forwarded yeah Yeah. um i think they can they'll appear in future episodes okay that was uh, that was fun, and we like kind of maxed it out right to the end. But then there were other questions, a couple that were kind of pending, and then we got a bunch more afterwards, and those are also really good. So I look forward to rubbing some stink on those. Uh, before we get into the meat of today, however, we got a music pick, and then we'll do an ad. And my music pick is, I'm. Um, like kind of lost in it so go do your worst and then i'm gonna say have we picked this and you'll say yes and then i'll say have we picked this and you'll say yeah that was like your third pick and then i'll say how about this one and you'll say yes and then i will come clean and say that i can't remember what my music pick was this week oh no all right well i'll just i'll just say what mine was this is a real um this is a real mellow record uh it is the Sun Kill Moon record Ghosts of the Great Highway. So Sun Kill Moon is the I don't know band name for Mark Kozelik, uh who I think was in Red House Painters. Um I got turned on to this record by my buddy my buddy George, who is no longer among the living. Uh and he actually we went and saw uh, Sun Kill Moon, Mark Kozelik. We saw him in a church in Cambridge in the dark. So he sat up there and he played, and it was he plays really beautiful. Um, I, I guess it's folk music, kind of. 
really beautiful. If you're if you're with your your significant other person and you're like mellow on a Sunday evening and you're cooking dinner, this is a great record. Ghosts of the Great Highway. Anyway, so we went to this show in in Cambridge and it was dark and I could barely see him. It was that dark. And I was like, they're going to turn the lights on at some point during the show. And they did not. But after like 45 minutes, I could see, oh, no, he's up there. Because up to that point, I was like, maybe they just have a boom box up there. And they took my <laughs> took my twenty dollars. Oh, so check that out. Sun Kill Moon goes to the Great Highway. I like it. Have we have we talked about the first quicksand record? I think you might have picked that. I picked. Didn't I pick the second one? The the thirtieth uh, anniversary of the second one. Uh, Manic compression. No, I picked Slip, the okay. first. Yes. Okay, that is really good. I'll I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, back, <laughs> I'll back you up on that. Uh, then I will go ahead and pick Manic Compression, which is the second record by the band Quicksand that came out in 1995. Yes, both and great records. Both just stellar. And having, you know, like revisiting either of those records both of those records after having not listened to to either of them for so long um 30 years later uh 28 and 30 respectively they both are absolute masterworks holy cow again holy cow is right i wonder you know they you put a record out and you think this is the best thing we could possibly do. Uh, you know, like, do you know that at the time or does it kind of, can you even hear it? Can you hear how good it is or how good it will remain? So all those songs got written by Walter Schreifels, who was in Gorilla Biscuits before doing Quicksand. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge fan of New York hardcore myself. Mm-hmm. I could me, take or leave Gorilla Biscuits. Like, if it's on, great. If it's not on, also great. Right. So the idea that he would come out of Gorilla Biscuits and make those quicksand records blows my mind. And again, I'm not trying to say Gorilla Biscuits are bad. I'm just trying to say that one is like chicken noodle soup, and the other one is like a seven-course French banquet dinner. And it doesn't doesn't even seem like he was it was like a huge effort. You know what I mean? Like you're not it's not overdone. It's not like, oh, this person is just like it's trying too hard or something like that to to write this these masterpieces after doing because to my ear, New York hardcore traditionally, historically hardcore music in general, uh, especially from that era. It all kind of sounds the same. It's good, but it all sounds the same. It's, I like food analogies. They're all totally adequate grilled cheese sandwiches. Yep. Uh, and, um, And the fact that a person can come out of that scene, having written those kinds of songs, and then make the make slip and manic compression it's just it's blows it blows my mind i've said before that i tend to like post genres so i like post hardcore better than hardcore and i like post punk better than punk the the thing about slip and manic compression both is that the melodies the 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 lyrical delivery on those records is different than anything else. It's like he created a new way to make songs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I'm being maybe like overly dramatic, but there was just, I remember at the time thinking no one else is delivering the melody of the song this way. Well, the hindsight, hindsight looking at listening to these records is, is I think even more compelling because at the time, you say, I've never heard anything like this before. 30 years down the road, 
I'm listening to them and I'm thinking, I still have never heard anything like this before. Like that to me is is far more profound than listening to it 30 years ago and saying, man, this is really good because now we have hindsight. Now we have perspective. Now we have this whole new way of of looking at and listening to music that we haven't previously because we didn't need to see now the little guys in my head are talking and they're like at at the controls and and I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, But we just have, yes, we have perspective and it still stands up and it's still so incredibly good. So incredibly powerful. Uh, So who knows, you know, in another, I would, I would imagine that in another 10 years, another 20 years, I'm still going to listen to these records and just be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Aztec ghosts visited Walter to compel him to put this all together. Hmm. Well, and then he's he's made a lot of other good records and they they did he and they did something that I respect a lot. And and especially like since the end of the the covid uh, lockdowns, when now that shows are all happening again, you've got a lot of bands and performers from that time doing sort of victory laps or like valedictory tours where like, oh, we're going to play this record in its entirety from 30 years ago, which is really them saying, we didn't write a new record, but we want to get paid. And I love those bands and I'm going to probably huck a lot of money at them because I love them so much. But Quicksand has made two new great records in the last decade. Yeah. Two Um, or or three. Two that I can think of for sure. Yeah, but even in the that is just another even in the last decade, but in the last five years. Yeah, and so, and this is something I really like about Walter is that he's not he's he's been making music the whole time. He doesn't stop, um, and he went through this whole trajectory where he did Rival Schools, which was you know mellower than Quicksand, still really really good, and then he did some solo stuff. Um, he was in, what is it? Vanishing life, vanishing. He did another band, uh, sort of as he started to come back to quicksand. Um, so there's like this whole thing where he's working through his stuff and writing new songs and, and the new songs have a lot of the brilliance of the old songs, but they're more refined. I don't know. I could talk to about Walter Schreifels all day. I've never met the guy. Um, I think he's a friend of a friend of a friend or something like that, but I've never met him, but I, I really do admire his work. Check. Same. Likewise. Yeah. So, uh, sun kill moon goes to the great highway, quicksand, manic compression. I may have said manic depression or manic exertion or something like that a little while ago. So if I did, I'll catch it next week and be bummed with myself. Uh, so with that, we're going to take a word from our sponsor and we will be right back. Revolting is brought to you in part by Shimano North America and their new 105 12 speed mechanical group set. Over the last few seasons, the refined ergonomics and technology of their Dura Ace and Altegra groups have arrived at the affordable 105 level. 12 speeds smooth out Shimano's already category-leading shifting technology, and the new 105 is reliable, simple to use, and easy to maintain. Available with either an 1134T or 1136T cassette, paired with either 5034T or 5236T chain rings, riders can climb more comfortably with an efficient cadence and still have big enough gears to prevent spinning out mid-descent or when sprinting on the flats. Hey, we're back. We're back. We are. We've occasionally been accused of gatekeeping here on the Revolting Podcast, which isn't awesome. That's not who we wanted to be, so today we're going to figure out what gatekeeping is, uh, what it maybe isn't, and revise all of our shitty comments about everything. Uh, I was thinking about that. I was kind of, um, I was kind of chewing, like mulling this over before we started recording. 
And I, when somebody said, because I just expressed an opinion that I thought if you lived within a bike ride of bike rides, that it, <laughs> it's stupid to drive. Because, and that's just the automotive industry has got its claws in us socially so deeply that you you see the ads we're brainwashed like well you can't have freedom without a car you can't have the open roads you can't and and they have seen a golden opportunity with cycling to say well you can't ride a bike without a car like duh well and without a truck a vehicle we'll just say a vehicle and i sure it seems to me based on what i've seen in the last five or ten years i feel like cycling has totally drank the kool-aid and that's not gatekeeping that's me expressing an opinion that the shitty automotive industry who doesn't have anybody's best interests at heart has now brainwashed the cycling spectrum that that they also need cars in order to do the thing and I think it's fucking, I just think it's shitty. You know, you, if you live far away from where you ride and you have to use a car to get there, that's not who I'm talking about. If you live a 15 minute bike ride from the trails and you actually go out of your way to drive around tra trail access to get to the place where everybody parks and it's a big circle jerk dog and pony show then that's what I'm talking about. If you have massive time constraints and you got to, after the ride, I got to go get groceries and I got to pick up the kid from daycare and I got to do this and I got to do that. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who don't even recognize that you can use your bicycle to get to the place where you're riding. That's what I'm talking about. That's <laughs> you can not use your bicycle to get to use your bicycle. That's not, that's not gatekeeping. And the one time that someone mentioned that we were gatekeeping, that was the opinion I was expressing. That's not gatekeeping. I think gate, I can like gatekeeping and gaslighting, I think gets used a lot in ways that it was not necessarily applicable. And I feel like that is a situation where, or am I gaslighting somebody by saying that they, that I wasn't gatekeeping when they said I was <laughs> gatekeeping? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Here, here's what I, th I think. I think, and I discover frequently and consistently throughout my life that I'm wrong in my uh, ideas and attitudes, and I have to revise them all. So I'm open to the idea that we have kept some gates. I, I, I don't, I, so uh, let's just jump to question one. Uh, I looked up, I, I Googled gatekeeping so that I could say it straight. Gatekeeping is the activity of controlling and usually limiting general access to something. So neither of us wants to limit anyone's access to the good stuff in life, including but not limited to bikes, trails, skateboards, skate spots, record stores, music, coffee, beer, or sex toys. So, do you think that controlling access extends to expressing opinions no all right question all right. This, two this, this has been revolting <laughs> this has been no no and i don't like i've never do whatever the fuck you want to do somebody also said hey i appreciate you guys not gatekeeping like music and i'm like do you mean like keeping stuff away for like keeping the good stuff to for ourselves and they said yes. And I was like, well, I don't feel like that's gatekeeping. I'm not telling you what you listen to is wrong. That would be gatekeeping. Or but unless that's also you listen me to Foo Fighters. Unless in you which listen case. to <laughs> But the, even that, like you like it? Go berserk. It's just not my cup of tea, you know? But I'm I've I don't feel like no, I don't feel like expressing opinions is gatekeeping. If my if I acknowledge that my opinion I, I, don't, I guess you never really acknowledge that your opinion is wrong, but I think the automotive industry uh, tr trying to try finding this new segment uh, in which <laughs> right. to to make money and convince that you need their shitty product to do the thing. I think I think that's a reality, and that sucks. 
Um, if you live, and I'm again, like you live far away from the trails, of course, fuck, you're going to ride 30 miles to go on a 30 mile ride and then ride 30 miles home. It, it, not that it can't be done, but like a lot of us don't have the time to do that. But if you're just like, well, it's a, it's a 15 or 20 minute bike ride, but I feel compelled to drive because, because I, how else are you going to get around? Like, that's what we've been tricked into thinking, that you need a car to live. And and the, and bike riding was never really susceptible to that until recently. And I just think it's unfortunate. But if you get as much joy out of driving 15 minutes to your bike ride that would take 18 minutes to get to by bike, then tear it the fuck up. Go berserk. I just don't understand it. There it is. There it is. Um, yeah, I, maybe maybe there's some sense of gatekeeping where we're like, this is the right way to do it and all the other ways are wrong. And I think well, you, you've gone out of your way here to say you've carved out a bunch of exceptions for people to throw uh, their bikes in the backs of their vehicles or whatever. Uh and you've also said if that's what what gets you going, then uh, do it. My two favorite things in the world are riding my bike and driving my car to where I ride my bike. But what, <laughs> if that's your thing, that's awesome. I don't, I don't, you know. But I, again, at the automotive industry, I think it's just it's all smoke and mirrors, and they're trying to trick us. They've tricked everybody else. And now they're trying to trick us and they're doing a pretty good job of it, I think, based on what I see where I live. Do you think do you think um, Red Bull uh, is also doing this, convincing you that you need an energy drink to do a thing? Uh, I do a little bit. I mean, man, they throw a lot of money at a lot of cool stuff, but it doesn't make me want to drink their drink. Their drink is terrible. Yeah. Uh, but I've never, I don't, I, any skate spot, I'm more than willing to share because I like being around people. I like doing the thing that I like doing with people I like being with. Um, How do you and, feel about seven-year-olds on Razor scooters at the skate spot? Uh, well, I don't go to parks so if it was like some cool fucking ditch and and like it was something that I built out and did like put in transitions and cleaned and like made it rad and skatable and then a, a whole bunch of like jabroni rollerbladers and you know but again I just go on off times like I just I try to I like to do stuff in 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 an environment or in a, in a, at a time that, that I like doing it with people that I like doing it with. And if there's a bunch of rollerbladers and razor scooter kids and stuff at the spot that I built, it would be irksome, but I can't put a cap on somebody's fun. So mm. I don't know, go to a different spot, make a new spot. I don't know. I don't know. I've never really been in that situation before. I'm not sure. I so this week this is a total left turn I'm taking here. This week um Instagram decided it wanted to show me a bunch of Dave Grohl interviews. I don't really know why. <laughs> it was like suggested reels. Dave Grohl talks about stuff. Nope. And I was like maybe I'm just going to start sending Steve every Dave Grohl <laughs> <No>. interview. <laughs> that Instagram <laughs> serves me up. And the thing you know, we shit on Foo Fighters all the time, and I actually think it's more fun than I actually care about Foo Fighters. Like, I don't actually care about Foo Fighters. I just don't listen to them. Right. I think it's just a fun thing now. Uh, but I also think, like, probably Dave Grohl is a pretty fun, probably he's a pretty good guy to hang out with if you were just going to hang out. Absolutely agree. Seems like, I mean, he's he's been everywhere. He's done everything. He's in two of my favorite bands and one of my least favorite bands. Uh, he he he's, has an encyclopedic knowledge. He is, again, one of the most 
one of uh, the one of our generation our generation's greatest drummer. Like I think he is an absolutely astounding musician, which is all what makes how bad the Foo Fighters is all the more <laughs> frustrating. See, it's a shit sandwich. It's the good stuff. S- the bad stuff and the good stuff. And I, I can feel do- certain that listeners are going to get sick of us talking about this, but actually the more we talk about it, the more I enjoy it. <laughs> but I, I don't tell anybody that you're wrong for that's gatekeeping, right? Isn't that what it is? Like, I'm not telling somebody you're wrong for liking this band, but you're wrong for enjoying the thing that you enjoy. I mean, I think people, I think you get to have opinions. I think you get to have opinions. I think, I think that's different than putting up actual barriers to people uh, participating. But, you know, there's like a subtleness to a lot of this stuff. Like we were talking about the cosplay of some mountain biking, whatever, cycling pursuits. Now, does the, does the costume that you need, which is a lot of times expensive, it's an expensive costume. Mm -hmm. But cultivating the idea and reinforcing the idea that you need that is that gatekeeping. I mean, so, I think you and I go in the other direction. I'm just trying to like I'm just trying to think I'm trying to stay open to the idea that I'm doing that. I'm stepping on someone's buzz, which I don't want to do. Uh, if somebody if somebody if I look at somebody and they got all their their fancy paintball gear on and I go, that's stupid. You don't need any of that. Uh, well, that's me expressing an opinion, but it's also, I mean, how do I know? Because I don't do that kind of riding, you know? Like like I said, I know when I ride, when I used to wear kits for hours and hours and hours, not because it looked great, because it served a purpose. It felt, it felt good. Hmm. To not be wearing soggy cotton t-shirts for, you know, or boxer shorts or whatever for hours. Um, it feels good to, if you're going to be doing a bunch of shredding and ripping and tearing, <laughs> you want your neck brace and your full face helmet and all that stuff. If you're going to be really hanging it out there, it feels good when you eat shit not to be wearing a road helmet in the, on a dirt trail, right? It's, it's, there, there's, there's function to 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 the cosplay uh and i don't i'm not i don't tell you what you need to do uh, or how you need to do the thing that you're doing it and again like i said if you love driving to the ride if that's part of the experience i don't get it i feel like you've been tricked what I want to see is a Toyota Tundra full of eight-year-olds with razor scooters hanging off the back show up at the local thing, pound a bunch of Red Bulls, and then just... I did see a truck pull into... I was eating sushi at a place a long time ago, and I saw a truck pull up, and it had four fixies in the back, and they all pulled them out, and they all started doing, like, backward circles and, like, doing, like, fixie tricks. You know, this is in, like, the mid-2000s, and I was like... What the fuck? <laughs> what is this? Did the synchronized swim team just show up? What happened? But it's but I again I didn't get it. Like this is the whole purpose of the not well not the purpose of not the purpose of those bikes. Traditionally, those bikes are for the velodrome. But when the big fixie explosion happened in two thousand five or whatever, like. It was for riding in the streets, but they just got out and started doing like tricks in the parking lot, like, you know, backward circles and wheel grabs and stuff. And I thought it was, I'd never seen that before and I've never seen it since, but I thought it was interesting that it's, it, it was sort of like an extension. Maybe you can't ride a skateboard 10 miles across town. So of course you're going to put your skateboard in the back of your car to go to the spot. Cause if you skate 10 miles to the spot, you're going to be gassed and then you can't really have a session. I don't know. I don't man. So maybe, maybe I am gatekeeping. I am. I. Okay. So question when, two is actually, also, can, can, when, when else have we been accused of? Like, I'm kind of wondering because it's kind of a case by case basis. Like, when have we been accused of gatekeeping? And then maybe I can kind of pick apart my perspective. 
I don't think we've necessarily angle. been accused of gatekeeping. I'm sure even the person who said, you know, we should ease up on the people who ride, drive trucks to the trailhead. I, I'm sure they're not even. I just think this is an interesting um, sort of idea. And I want to I wanted to talk about it because um I don't want I don't want to step on anyone else's buzz. We express a bunch of opinions. Uh, I express them mainly for my own amusement, uh, but I don't want people to to go away thinking like, oh, I can't listen to those Foo Fighters records anymore. Like if you, you know. Really, if you're going to not do something that you love to do or listen to something that you love to listen to because we think it's clowny, that's on, <laughs> that's on you, because what difference does our opinion make? Fair enough. So, but here's the follow on question. Question number two, are there some people we don't think should be doing or consuming the stuff we like to do? No, that's no, I mean, I, that's no on both those questions. I think, um, so I went to, I went mountain biking in, uh, the spot that I've been going the most lately the other day. And there was a bunch of, um, uh, like hard seltzer cans and energy drink cans just on in the parking lot. Mm, that's cool. So I, yeah, so I, I cleaned them up cause there's a goddamn garbage can right there. Shocker. So I think, you know, on some level, I, w- I want to gatekeep assholes from, from nature. Maybe they really love throwing garbage all over the place. That's true. I don't want you to know, step on that bus. Yeah. You're, you're yucking somebody else's yum. Like yeah. the, my third favorite thing to do besides driving to my ride and riding is throwing garbage all over the parking lot after my ride. Mm. Don't get, don't get, keep me. I, this my top, top three for sure. <laughs> sure. I, um, uh, uh, I get, I, I, there are exceptions to, to every rule. Every four, I like to get in the bathtub with some Epsom salts, put on some Steely Dan. Oh, love, (laughs) love, love all of that. Yep. Huh? Yeah. I, you know, if, so I get on people about leaving their dog shit on trails. If that's your favorite thing to do, I'm, I can't, I guess I can't gatekeep you leave shit everywhere. (laughs) I want no, you to I'm, just bring shit gate, from home and bring that and leave that at the trail. Collect wanna, shit and leave it at the trail. I want to gatekeep the fuck out of bad dog owners. No, but they love being bad dog owners. That's their hobby. <sighs> That's their passion. They want to leave shit all over the place and be fucking have their dog attacking other dogs. You know, everybody needs a hobby. So no more gatekeeping for me. Do whatever you want to do. It's all it's all great. I'm going the other direction. I'm going to gatekeep. I'm going to stand. I'm going to find a gate and I'm going to stand next to it and I'm going to keep it. Uh, All right. Question three. Would you rather lose access to your favorite trail system and skate spot or have your favorite band break up? Uh, I'm going to have my favorite band break up. What? Yeah. It's though. There's so many good bands. (laughs) There are not so many good trail systems and skate spots. There's a lot of them. Uh, I don't have immediate access, you know, if like I couldn't ride to my ride, if I didn't have my place to like go get my head back together Mm. or my little, you know, my spot where I meet up with my friends and listen to music and drink beer and sit in the sun and solve some of the world's problems, uh, I would go out of my mind. Um, My favorite band, for one thing, to be fair, I only have... Uh, like, wow, I have a lot of favorite bands, but there's always going to be more favorite bands. I feel like skate spots and trail systems are a finite resource. I think they all, I was about to say, your favorite band is probably going to break itself up independent of what, you know, you, you do or want. But then actually your favorite trail system could just as easily get shut down because a developer bought the public access to it or... The cops right. decided too many kids were enjoying it. Right. Right. Yeah. I would say, I would say, uh, band. And, and I've had so many, um, I've had so many favorite bands and I do have so many favorite bands. Um, I would go with that. 
because I'll always have the records. I can listen to them anytime I want. Fair enough. All right. I think that that was a that one that one was slightly weak. I wrote it. I wrote it in a in a hurry yesterday, but that's okay. That's <clears throat> good, and it sort of you know it's uh, lends to stuff that we talked about today. Yep. In the hundred and first episode of Revolting. All right. Well. That's it. We hope we didn't alienate anyone today. We probably did. Hope we didn't. We love you and we want the best for you, even if you like the Foo Fighters. Bow. Pow. On behalf of the Revolting Podcast and Cycling Independent, I'm Steve. And I'm Rosa. Don't forget to suck it. Bye.